And so what is faith? Faith isn't just simply an emotional reaction. It's not just simply an emotional agreement. It's not just simply a confession that we make with our lips, but it's God's moving inside of us. When He defines us, when He pours out His will upon us, when His entire being covers over us, is continuously receiving Him. That is what faith is. It's this attitude that continually receives Him. A faith that has pure belief in Him and in His leading of my life. But not just that, the level of our faith going up, is that He's going to give us the scale of faith according to His standard. Not my, not my faith that is limited by my experiences, but the scale of God's faith. Do you yearn for this? There's no need for you to feel um, regret saying that, oh, how can I ever get to that level? No. When He gives you that faith, whether your experience is allowed it, whether your limitations allowed it or not, all of these things get broken down before His presence and now His new uh, vessel of faith gets built inside of you and He pours out His faith, His Spirit up inside of that. That is the spoil of war that God has prepared for you. And this is the season that is upon us. And so God is pouring out this faith for this great time of glory. And so ultimately, what is the problem? It's always an issue of faith. It's never about your conditions. It's never about your circumstances. It's not about your parents. It's not about your children. It's not about what's going on in your life. Of course, these may be issues that you're worried about. But ultimately, what does it come down to? It comes down to the faith that you receive all of these circumstances with. That uh, because of the circumstances, I cannot receive God's promise. I cannot believe in God's promise. I cannot see in God's promise. That I cannot see His promise being applied to my life. Then ultimately, whether you're aware of it or not, you are making these confessions of unbelief. And so ultimately, it's not about outside factors, but inside factors that are being twisted and turned. That's why you, there is problems. And so in other words... Look, think about how complicated our lives can be. Think about all the complications in our lives. But if you just simply look at it through the lens of faith, then all of this complication becomes simple. Even, even if your circumstances don't change, when you look at it through the lenses of faith, it becomes okay. And that's why, what do many people say? You, well, such foolishness, such foolishness. And that is what faith is to the world. Right? right? Let's say that you, were, you are going hungry and you pray and you receive faith and yet you still don't receive any food and yet you can laugh. Why? Because you receive faith. And so when people see that, what are they going to say? Are you a fool? You're still hungry. You're still starving. How can you laugh in this situation? And so look, even though our circumstances may not change, and yet what do we realize when we have faith? What do we realize when God's promise is upon us is that there is no reason to fear. There is no reason to worry. And so this is the level of faith that God is pouring out upon us. The level of faith that knows who He is, knows who He is for uh, exactly as He is. 
And so God is renewing our faith at this time. And what level is he dragging us up to? He's lifting us up to the level of the Sabbath rest. And so what is Sabbath rest? It's when you plant a seed. And when you plant a seed in that field, there could be lots of other things, lots of weeds that are growing. And when those weeds grow along with that seed, that seed has a rough time growing, right? It has to compete. It has to struggle. And so in other words, what is Sabbath rest? Sabbath rest is rising up to the level or, 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 or when it grows, there is no sense of loss. There is no struggle. There is no competition. And so what is true freedom? As Pastor Kim says, freedom isn't just doing whatever you want. No, freedom is the ability to obey God's word with no complications, with no obstructions. God is leading us to obedience right now. And there are times where it's a struggle. There are times where it's, it's a great pain, right? Why? Because there are bindings. Because there are outside factors. There are outside things that are holding us down. That means that is, uh, that is a lack of freedom. That is what freedom is all about. Freedom just as a fish is only truly free when he is surrounded by water. It in the same way. That is what the Sabbath rest of faith is all about. No matter what circumstances come upon us, no matter what happens, we can all see all things in faith. See everything in faith. It's not 90% in faith and 10% there's other factors. No, everything in our workplace, I see faith. In my family, I see faith. It may not be perfect at times. And yet at the very least, that element of faith is found and the ability to hold on to that faith, no matter how small it may be. Even when you look at yourself, maybe when you look at yourself, you feel hopeless. You feel as if there's nothing to do. And yet through those lens of faith, you see faith. And honestly, that's really many times that, that, that we see in our lives, right? Is that the hardest places to have faith is people who are closest to you, right? Outside, when you look at someone who's at the church member, you're like, oh, have faith, have faith. But when you look at your wife, when you look at your husband, you know, that's where it becomes difficult. And that's where world war starts to uh, fester and blow up, right? But who's closer than your wife? Who's closer than your children? It's the faith on, on yourself. Many times when we receive attack of unbelief, we receive attack of, of despair. It's usually not because of the people outside of us, but because of ourselves, right? Because we know ourselves. And yet, you know what's funny? Is that when we do know ourselves, we think we know ourselves best, but God knows us better. Amen? And so because of these experiences that we have of our own lives, it's hard to uh, have faith at times. But ultimately, when we have the lens of faith, we hold on to that promise of God. This is actually a great sin. When you constantly pity yourself, when you constantly wallow in self-pity, because When I'm able to receive God's promise, then that influence can flow out to, the, to your neighbor and continually grow as you grow more in that confidence of that promise that is inside of you. 
And so what does it mean to enter into the Sabbath rest of faith? Whatever, whatever aspect of your life it may be. It's not just in ministry, but whatever in your life that the definition of faith and the application of faith is always being applied. At the very least, more than 50%. That, that life, or not life, that faith is leading your life. That is Sabbath rest of faith. And so we see faith being um, working in great ways whenever we go overseas. Why? Is it because there's a special uh, seed there? No. Now, of course, the faith of the crowd um, uh, sorry, no, that's not what he was saying. Um, the, the crowd, based on the crowd, the examples may change a little bit, and yet we're listening to the same message. We're listening to the same sermon. We're listening to the same word of God. And so what we see that's amazing is, is that the same message is being proclaimed, and it breaks down all cultural barriers. It breaks down all racial barriers. The word of God, the church of God, the love of God is unlimited, has no limit. And where is that power going? It's going inside of you. Yes, it's inside of me. It has called me. That is who he is. And that's the faith that rose up inside of me as I went overseas. And so why is it so important that we continually minister? Why is it important that we continually go out? is that we come to know the heart that God has for that person. Right? How much love does God have for this person that he would send me from Korea all the way to that place? And so... So all you say is simple words saying, I love you, my daughter, and yet you feel that love, right? And so when you pray and you realize that this love isn't just only applying to the, one, the person you are ministering to, but also applies to you. And so what is God saying to us is live in faith. That you have my faith. You have the faith of the Son. It applies to your life. And that, life, and that faith is going to lead you. And so why did I choose the, this passage from Deuteronomy? Because when you look at the circumstances in our, our community, there's not much time left before we enter into that new season, right, in, in, in September. Right? It is close upon us. The, the time is nigh. And so that means that all the um, previous generation has, has already passed away. And now God's word. God's word is being reproclaimed to, to the generation of Israel that is going to conquer the promised land. And so reminding them what is important, what is most important to them, not only now, but when they take the Sabbath, when they take the promised land. That is what Deuteronomy is all about. And another reason why 
is because uh, this passage that we preached uh, was actually preached last year during the uh, Chuseok holiday. And we shared this in MB. And, and so I gave a homework to our students. to choose one of the passage and, and, and make a sermon out of that. And I didn't realize that I would have to end up doing that same assignment that I assigned to my children, but, uh, to my students. But anyways, so when you look at the history of Israel, apart from the siege of Ai, uh, uh, Israel, never lost a battle. But that's not because of the excellent character of Israel's army or the superiority of their weapons. No. And they, the, the, the reason for their power is faith. And so verses 1 through 8 is once again speaking about the law of God the commandment of God. And this is the most important thing to Israel, that as they stand before the promised land, as this new generation enters, what decision do they need to make? It's not, Lord, we will not serve those calves anymore. No. What they need to decide upon is who He is, what His word is to me. What is my calling as Israel? In this new generation, in this new season, the most important thing is what? Faith. And so we see much more through these conferences than we could ever receive through news, right? And this is the viewpoint that God has given us as, uh, for these end times. And so as we pray here, as we hear the words of prophecy and fight spiritual battles, our eyes are opened to what's going on. So some of us, we go to Panama, we go to LA, and, and what, what I see inside, what, what I see is that truly we are in the last times that this world is not going to get better. It's going to go more into darkness. We see inflation rising up. We see prices going up. When I was in LA, uh, this was my first time going to LA. And when I, everyone thinks that I've been to LA many times, but I've only been to LA once. This is actually my first time going to LA. And when I went to LA, at night, people are walking. They look like normal people, but they're all homeless. They look like normal people, and yet they all have these signs saying, I need money. Everywhere in LA that I go, that's what I see that this society is, is poisoned. And when we were in Panama, Panama is one of the most wealthiest countries in Central America. And yet, though the rich may live well and prosperous, the poor are so poor. 
And so we see society being stratified into these hierarchies. And that's what the devil is trying to do, is separate us. Through politics, divide us. Through, through economics, divide us. Through culture, divide us. And so civilization is heading towards darkness. And as Joseph prepared for the seven years of famine through the seven years of abundance, in the same way, God is preparing the remnant. Right? What is he preparing us by making these bunkers and storing up uh, emergency foods? No. There are some people who do that, right? Who, who store up emergency rations and make emergency storages. And they call that wise, but no. To the children of God, what does God prepare in them? He prepares them faith. Faith that can transcend that darkness. Faith that can break through that darkness. And in order to prepare that faith, what does God do? God removes the poison of the world from the church so that the church can have this pure, pure faith, faith that is great before God. In other words, this world may go crazy, may, 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 may struggle and strive, but all we need is faith. That faith is an important treasure that God has given us. And so, as Pastor Kim always says, pray. We, let us pray, brothers. Through, these, through this word today, through this sermon today, it's as if, it's as if a river is flowing down and spreading out, spreading out into streams and, and like veins, providing nourishment to everything around it. And so why is Goshen so, so uh, valuable in Exodus? Because the land of Goshen is where the delta of the Nile is, right? And the delta of the Nile has this great distribution of water from the Nile. And so what happens to that land? That land becomes um, rich. That no matter what you plant, that it, it, it bears good fruit. And so in the same way, that's our faith, right? Faith isn't just simply foolishly and blindly saying, oh, I believe, I believe. No. We see. We see what isn't faith, what isn't true faith. That, ah, oh, this isn't how God has faith. It's not about my experiences. It's not my knowledge of faith, but really what God gives, the level that God gives, the measure that God gives. And so in every aspect, in every element in my life, my family, my, 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 my inheritance, that everywhere this water flows, and just as the prophet in Honduras said, that when we 
Uh, so we reap 30, 60, 100, 1,000 fold. Amen? And so this faith, in other words, that I'm not simply having religious faith, but my entire being has faith. My body, my thoughts, my work, my vision, my education, in every aspect, my entire being is meeting with God in faith. Amen? And so, let's look at Deuteronomy today. The introduction was a bit long. But normally, introductions are supposed to be long, right? Because who, who do you think I learned how to preach from? Okay, so if you look at Deuteronomy, chapter 1 through 4 is, is um, Moses' um, lament. It's Moses' lament about speaking about why, why Israel had to uh, go through um, go through the 40 years in the wilderness and then chapter 4 to 11 I believe he is he is once again um, um, re, he is summarizing the, the law and so why is the law many times we look at the law and we think of it as complicated ordinance and statutes no it's actually live simply right L give everything to God that's why this law is there of course we need God's help and so without faith we cannot pray right and so like Israel what God is trying to say to us is not keep this commandment, but rather entrust it to God. Your family, entrust it to God. Your path, entrust it to God. Your studies, entrust it to God. Why? Because He will take responsibility. And then chapter 27 to 33, it is um, um, Moses' admonition to obey. And so today's text is chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. And verses 1 and 2, what Moses is trying to say to Israel is to obey the commandment. And the, the spoil of war that we want to sh I want to share with you today is that the word of God, the command of God, the promise of God, um, the faith that believes in these three things. And then chapter 3, or verses 3 and 4, is Moses is admonishing Israel to get rid of the world. Because to this faith, the most critical poison is the world. What is the point of the word of God? It's not just to give everything to God, but it's also to not be influenced by the world. What is evidence of Israel's Israelness? It is their separation from the world. It is their sanctification from the world. Right? Think about it. Why does, why does God forbid Israel to not eat pork? Many people thought, well, health? No, honestly, I heard that the cholesterol in pigs is much better for you than the cholesterol that comes from cows. And so, why? It's because to separate themselves from the world. Uh, 
한 초등학생 6학년 됐을까? 중학교 1, 2학년 됐을까? 사실 가슴이 아픈 거죠. 근데 보면은 쟤네들이 그 뜻이 뭔지도 모르고 얘기하는 걸딱 봐도. So, you know, in the world, you can see how wicked everything is becoming just by looking at the kids. And yet, what is God's work to our children is to separate them from the world. It's not because the world is so wicked that we are separated. Of course, there, that is the part of it. But the important thing is, is to know who Israel is. So verses 3 and 4 is remove worldliness from your eyes. Remove worldliness from your heart. And so it's not, oh, I need to get rid of this. Oh, I need to get rid of this. No, but know God's expectation. Know God's, what God wants from you. Right? And that will set you free from the world. It's not your effort, your struggle to separate yourself from the world. No, knowing the times, in faith you receive God's will for you and God will keep you from Babylon. God will separate you from the world. That God's will for you is that the world's glory is not your glory, but I am your glory. So constantly being separated from the world. How? In faith. As God led Israel as a pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, right? The as the wings of the eagles, uh, the shadow of His wings covers over us. You know what? The, what are all these talking about? It's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit and being sanctified from the world, being set apart, because His glory radiates and outshines the world. And so it's like this. You know, when you see the daily uh, dramas, Korea dramas, you know, the man is a rich man and the girl is a poor girl. And the man loves the girl so much but can't get married because, because, the, because the family will not receive them. And so it's not like this. It's not like this, right? That's not what. That's not the case that we have, where we love the world so much, but because my father hates the world, that I have to separate you. No, that's not. That's not what's going on here. That's not why you separate from the world. No, but ha, have you ever experienced that before, where where it, it's not? that you can overcome temptation, but rather that temptation just never comes. That is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, many times you may fall, but that's okay. Constantly acknowledge Him and turn back towards Him. And in this season, especially through these conferences, this is what God wants to reward you with. And then lastly, from verses 5 to 8, He speaks of the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. And especially verses 7 and 8, uh, Pastor Kim calls it the pearl of Deuteronomy, the, the, the essence of Deuteronomy. That Israel is not just some nation in, uh, amidst many nations. No, it is the nation. Why? Because it is the nation that is reigned by God, whose dominion is God. And so they have wisdom and power because they have God. They have um, they have authority and influence because they have God. 
And so whenever our, we move in our conferences, it's not just the people being going, but, but the kingdom of heaven moves. Why? Because, because we are under his dominion. Right? When Jacob moves, the Manahaim, the, the, the heavenly host, moves with him. This glorious church moves. When the, this glorious church moves, who moves with him? It is the glorious uh, kingdom of heaven. And so, how, what, how does the New Testament describe this? Describes this as the assembly of God, right? And so, when God's decision is given, when his command is proclaimed, his kingdom moves. So, you, as in each individual's, are those officials. You are the executors of God's, God's command. And so your proclamations of faith, your decisions of faith, moves the kingdom of heaven, moves the law of God. And so God's kingdom rests on your shoulders. Believe in who you are. It's not because you are someone's son, you, are some, you can do something, you have this authority. No. That each and every single one of you has this golden badge, this golden badge of the kingdom of heaven, alluding to, alluding to the Chinese communist um, party. right? But anyways... You are all bureaucrats in God's assembly. And so when we move, God's kingdom moves. That God's inheritance moves. That God's land moves. And so let's see this passage in these three aspects. And so first, verses 1 through 2, obey the commandment. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you, and do them that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. And so there are many words for the word of God, right? Uh, statutes, rules, commandments. And they all have various nuances to them, but ultimately what is it talking about is the word of God. So who is Israel? Israel believes in the word of God. Of course they fight, of course they farm. That's not their essence though. What makes Israel Israel is that they hear the word of God. And so it says to listen and to um, do them. And so you hear the word and you obey the word and you do it. What makes this possible is when you hear it in faith. As we said earlier, Shema Israel, that when you hear and act it out is one set. And so when you hear in faith, that word manifests in your life. That is what makes Israel Israel. That as Israel hears the word of God and they hear in faith, it's not about my ability, but God's ability moves inside of me. In other words, conversely, all of our issues then means 
It stems from the lack of listening to God's word in faith. You may say that that person did me wrong. This thing happened. Sure, that may be the case. But ultimately, the problem doesn't stem from that. But the problem stems from the in, from the uh, refusal to listen to God's word in faith. Because God's word doesn't just define a small aspect in me or one part of me, but my entire life, my entire being. And so when we believe in his word, in his promise, it's no longer just about me. The word of God, when we were in Panama, when we were in LA, it allowed us to minister to them. It brought about many miracles. But ultimately, when we tie it all as one, it's what the word of God working out its power. So what does it say in Second Peter to you? That you are, uh, you are fellow tasters of the essence of God, of the divine essence through the promise of wor- the word of God. And so when we receive the word of God in faith, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. His word brings his authority, his power. Amen? And so it becomes so natural for God to work out in you. And as I was in Panama, as I was listening to the young adults there, ultimately it's all the word working in their lives. And how does it work? Reminding them of who they are, who God is, and how, what God thinks of them, what God, uh, the, 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 the value that God has for them. And so their darkness, their bindings, their, their, their despair doesn't get chased away because of good things happening in their life. It, it disappears because God's word works inside of them. Because as God says, let there be light, what happened? There was light. God created the heavens and the earth through his word. And through his word, he upholds this universe. So when we hear that word and we receive it as life, it's so obvious that it should move in you. But if I don't listen to that word, then I am just simply a piece of meat that I cannot just help but move according to the flesh, always being limited by my circumstances and by uh, the, the factors around me. And so ultimately, what is it about? It's about the truth. It's about the word. So we need to, as Moses says, to listen to the word. Then as children of God, in the same way, what is God saying to you? He's saying to you to hear the word. Receive his word in faith. That as he speaks to you, as he defines your life, receive it. And so Israel failed here in verse 3 and 4, and that's the reason why they wandered in the wilderness. Now, I won't be able to read all of it, but that's why in Deuteronomy 1, it talks about this this failure, this this critical failure, right, that, that causes rot in your bones, right? Do you, have, do you have any of those experiences? 
And yet, from Israel's perspective, it's not one month, but 40 years made them wander. And so why is Moses reminding them of this right before they enter into Canaan? Remember, Moses, did he go into the promised land or not? He did not. He prayed once. And look at who God is. Moses prayed to God saying, let me go in. And what does God say to Moses? Don't pray this again. And so is that why Moses is upset and, and he feels like it's unfair and so he, he is pointing out Israel's weakness? No. He's encouraging them to no longer make the same mistake. And so there are many, many stories like this throughout the Bible, right? Excuse me. And so to Israel, this critical moment, this critical weakness that Israel doesn't want to remember, why does Moses bring it apart? Why does Moses bring it up? Because the devil is always standing at your door, waiting to enter. And so they came before Canaan. They need to conquer Canaan. And what does God say to them? To go up and take the land. Take possession of the land. Do not be afraid. And so Israel's response is what? Was to send spies. And as they send spies, what do the spies do? They check to see if they're able to conquer the land. Many times we do similar things, right? When God gives us a promise, we try to see and calculate whether it is possible to us. And if it is, then that's God's promise. If not, then maybe deception. If it appeals to me, then oh, it's God's promise. If it doesn't, then not. And so many times we have this tendency to grade God's promises based on our experiences and our, our own desires. So they send these 12 spies and only Joshua and Caleb say things of faith, saying that give us this land, that God has given us this land. Because ultimately it's not about me doing it. God does it. It's not about me making these things. I just receive God's word and, sp and speak it. But the remaining 10, what, do, what report do they give? They give a very unfavorable report that the land is good, but we cannot take it. We cannot overpower the people who are there. It's because they saw it through their own, the lenses of their own um, ability. And so the goodness of man cannot uh, execute God's will. And so what happens? God is mad at them. 
Even Moses gets deceived. Even Moses gets deceived to send the 12 uh, spies. And so what does God say? To go up and take possession of the land. Do not fear. God knows that it's not possible through their own strength. And so you might be afraid. But because I am with you, there is no reason to fear. And, but Israel, they see, what they see is, is this right? Can we do this? Even with their own eyes, they see that the land is a good. And yet, logically speaking, if you think that they think it's good, then they would naturally want the land, right? And yet, because they judged without faith, they are afraid to take the land. And so they, they waver in taking the land and they reject God's command. And so what does God say? That it's because you do not believe in me. And because God gets angry, do you know what they do? They do, oh, okay, then we'll go up and take possession of the land. But that's not what God wants. God's, want, God's desire for them is not for them to take possession of the land. God's desire for them is to respond in faith. But as if actions will save them. What does God say to them? That don't go, I, for I will not be with you. And yet they go up and fight and they get ruined. And so what happens to them? They get even more unbelief towards God. This is the cycle, the mechanism of unbelief. First is that they fail to receive the word of God in faith. Because of my standards, my experiences, I judge for myself between good and evil. This causes unbelief. And what I think is good, ultimately, it, 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 it doesn't allow me to have the ability to execute what God wants. And so the enemy is seeing with our eyes, defining with our experiences. It'd be great if what we saw was what God sees. And yet many times, what we see with our eyes and what we feel with our hearts does not align to what God's word says. That's why we always say that we'll be meek and give up on judging things. Let go of judgment. Why? Because ultimately, when it comes to faith, this is what keeps you from having faith. The things that we see with our eyes, the things that we feel with our hearts, it's so easy for the deception of Babylon to, to interlope. And this causes, even just a little bit, causes you to not be able to act in faith. Even though the land is good to you, you are unable to take possession of it. This is the limitation of Babylon. Do not trust your experiences. Don't trust your knowledge. Because ultimately everything is made through obedience to God's word. And so what we see with our eyes is not the truth. As Pastor Sergio said earlier, 
is that throughout the conference, we've been continually fighting in faith because when we see the people themselves, we don't know if they're listening to the sermon or not. We cannot have faith. That for 10 years, we've been listening to this word. And so in this short week, will they be able to receive it? Will they be able to apply it? Will they be able to execute it? And yet, if I was to despair in there, and also allow for this weakness saying that, oh, they cannot, and so, so we, we are less passionate, then God's word would not work, would not be done. But when we respond in faith, we speak to each and every single one of them the faith of God, the dignity of God. And as we receive what God is trying to do in faith, then those circumstances are no longer a hindrance. And what we see is that, ah, God is working. Even what seems impossible, God makes possible. That I don't need to try, I don't need to calculate and prepare. No, just receive God's word in faith. And so even through these various testimonies, that God allows us to meet this kind of person and that kind of person. And ultimately, what God is trying to tell us is it's about faith. That faith can transform any person. No matter the circumstances, God's faith can break through, can transcend all um, barriers. That is the reward that God is pouring out upon us. Amen? And so ultimately, Israel, when God speaks his promise, because they responded in unbelief, they were unable to enter into that land and wander the wilderness for 40 years. So in other words, what we see with our eyes is not truth. The world will always try to pick the most efficient and the most effective way. And they think that that is where wisdom is found, right? That's what AI does, right? What does AI do? Through AI, we're looking for efficiency. We're looking for comfort. Reduction of inefficiencies, consolidation of of various processes trying to make the best world for people. And so, um, like in the parable of the foolish rich man, he stores up his barn, right? He builds up his barn and he fills it with his crops, 
saying that I'm at peace, and yet what happens to that fool at night when God demands his life? Right? The Bible describes this man as what? As a fool. Why is he a fool? Because he relied on his own experiences. He lived by what? By the judgment of his eyes. He lived based on the decisions of his experiences. What is a man of faith? That for God and for his kingdom, he gives everything up. And so there's nothing more wise than waiting for the kingdom of heaven. If you try to prepare for this, save for that, and invest in this, no, that is the worldly way of living. Every day we choose in faith. Are you going to look through your eyes? Are you going to look through your data? Are you going to look through your judgments? Even in your relationship with one another, it's the same thing. Are you going to look through your experiences? Are you going to look through your judgment? Are you going to look through your values? Then you will not be able to see that faith. And so we've been together for a long time, right? And so for more than 10 years, we have, we have information stored up against one another. We call this memories, but on top of this, if these memories do not have faith stored up inside of it, then there can be danger, right? We, we define that person as, oh, this person cannot do that or cannot do this, that this person fails here, that this person will always fail there. And so if, when you look at faith, there is no calculations. It's not about my preparations. It's just doing what God commands. Whether you spend, whether you serve, whatever, it's all according to God's words. And so today, as if today is your last day. If you save for tomorrow, save um, because of the fear of tomorrow, you don't do something today. That is foolishness. That one worship, you pour everything, then God gives more. And you pour everything again, then God gives you again. That is the response of faith. The world may seem that this is foolishness and that this is wisdom. It may appeal to your eyes, but it is not goodness. That what is faith? That when God speaks, you pour everything there. You invest everything there. That when God says to love one another, it's not about what this person can do for me, what this person has done for me in the past. No, without this faith, you, or without this information, you just love that brother. That is where God's faith works. And so why went overseas when we go, is it so successful? It's because we do not have data on that person. And so God's love just goes 100% in purity. But when we look at ourselves, this is the reason why we're unable to do so for one another. 
Because we have all this data that limits one another between us. And so this faith, this, that's what's important for us. So when God opens up this new viewpoint of faith, especially in our community, the important thing is that each and every single one of us, that when we look at one another, we will look at one another in faith. And so as Pastor Kim says, imagine if all 500 were to pray for one another, the power of that prayer, just as three strands of, uh, three strands of string come together to make a strong rope, a rope that cannot be broken, right? In the same way, when we come together like this in faith, how strong will this rope be? So faith is everything to Israel. And conversely, if we live without faith, our, the scale of our lives gets smaller and smaller and diminishes. And as it diminishes, what unbelief happens is that we become like the man who received the single talent. right? The, five, the man who received the five talents and the two talents, in faith, they, they expand that, what they received, right? Not only give them five, but gives five more. But the man who with the single talent is because of the unbelief. It's not, God is not punishing him for not bringing profit, but he's punishing him for his lack of faith. Because he did not have faith, he did not do anything. If we have faith, we would not fear failure we would not be cowering in fear when we live in faith even when times of suffering comes we know that God will take responsibility that when God commands us to do something he doesn't just leave us to our own devices no, he gives us wisdom, he gives us discernment, he gives us the power and the authority to conquer. And so it's all about faith. And so last week, Mrs. Kim, as she was, or Mrs. Cho, as she was leading the prayer conference, what does she say? That Pastor Kim, you know, he always says in his testimony that, that even when he didn't have money, there was always meat in the refrigerator. But Mrs. Cho said that, that there wasn't meat in actuality. And yet, because of faith, Pastor Kim always remembers the abundance of God. And when I was with Pastor Kim, when wherever we went with Pastor Kim, because he has that faith, wherever we go, there's always meat. In Panama, there's meat. In LA, there's meat. Everywhere, there's meat. So God, or, or not God, Pastor Kim always talks about personnel, material, and, and spiritual authority. But uh, Pastor Kim also has, has meat authority. <laughs> and so what I'm trying to say is that in faith, it's about, oh, 
Many times we, 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 we are afraid to choose in faith because we're afraid of loss. When we make a decision in faith, we may fall, but God gives us the strength to get back up. And as we go on, what remains is not hurts and wounds, What remains, no, okay, never mind. It's not just um, justification, not justification. Um, it's not a, anyways. As those two spies went with the other 10, they saw the same thing, but they don't see the same thing. That though I cannot overcome them, though I cannot overpower them, God will allow us. God will strengthen us. And so Joseph is the same thing. He had a dream. And through this dream, Joseph received the word of God. So why was he not choosing hurts and wounds? Even though his brother sold him into slavery, why was he able to forgive them when he met them again? Because he had this faith in God that God will, God is leading him. That God's promise will come to pass. And so he never gives up on that promise. It's not because his will is particularly strong or because he has this ability to endure. No, because he has faith. He does not stay still. Because he has faith, he does not choose hurts and wounds, but looks to God's movement. So if you have obsession, in other words, that is a proof of lack of faith. And as I said earlier, the problem is not responding in faith because God can solve all things. He can touch all things. He can make things come out of nothing. But the reason why we should wail is because we do not respond in faith. And so as God leads us into this Sabbath rest of faith, that the time is upon us for God to restore the faith in all of us. That's why darkness may seem thicker. But now is the time for faith. It's the same thing with healing. Someone with gout and is healed right away. Uh, the the lady, the Miriam, who could not walk or or run, but jumps right away. They all received healing. And so, oh, Chunim. So they just proclaim, or God, or Pastor Kim just proclaims in faith. 
he's not calculating what they need. He just proclaims what God speaks. And in faith, chilling, or chilling, healing happens. I remember as I was receiving the people, I would think to myself, oh, I cannot do as he did. Right? I cannot speak as he's speaking. And what if no healing happens? What's going to happen? And so I kept praying, God, at the very least, help me to remain in your current. And so I didn't consider what disease they have, whether it's easy to be healed, hard to heal. I just believed in God's word. And so God is showing us what? He's showing us that faith is all. Faith is everything. So when you look at Mark 9, there is... A father of a child who is possessed by a demon who goes, throws himself into the fire, into the water. And so, what does this father pray? He says to Lord, Take pity, and if you are able, heal him. So, think about his desperation. And yet, look carefully at this prayer. There's two problems. First is if you are able. And then he doesn't say, in your faith, heal. He says, take pity on us. So this is a lack of faith. And so what does Jesus say to him? That there's nothing impossible to those who have faith. And so his prayer changes. What does he say? He says, I believe. Help my unbelief. And so this problem isn't the disease. So because he receives the faith of Jesus, what does he pray? Help me in my unbelief. That whether there's healing or whatever it may be, give me the faith to cast my eyes upon you. And so what does Jesus say? He says that there's nothing impossible to those who believe. That doesn't mean that if you believe, you'll become Superman. No, that when you have faith, you do not put any limitation on God. So many reasons why God is unable to work inside of us is because we lack that faith. God isn't separating you between believers and unbel- or faith and unbelieving. No, it's... it's <sighs> It's because you're unable to see God without faith. For example, let's say someone needs healing and that person received healing without faith. And at that moment, they may feel happy. But then they go back to their own life. They go back to sin. 
And as you know, even though they receive healing, what happens at the end? They die. But when you receive healing in faith, what do you see? You see who God is. You see that God is almighty, that there's nothing impossible for him, that his goodness covers over you, and that he wants you to be holy. And through this healing, he wants you to experience a new world of faith. And so to those who have that faith, God can do all things. But conversely, if you don't have faith, if you don't have the faith to cast your gaze upon God, then you just want God to solve your problem, solve your weakness, solve your issue. This kind of prayer, this self-centered prayer, ultimately, God cannot answer that kind of prayer. And so how should we pray? We should pray in faith. The Lord, help me in my unbelief. And it's not just simply about solving my problem, but being able to see this problem in the scale of God. Lord, help me to see it from your point of view. It doesn't matter if this changes in my life, but change my viewpoint. Change my vision. And so seek faith. Faith is a gift of God. As you empty yourself through the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He fills you. And what does he fill you with? He fills you with faith. And so it's not a shame that you received only a talent. No, it's a shame that you received a talent and you cannot do anything with that talent. That you cannot even be bothered to take that talent out of your pocket and deposit it into a bank. And so we need the faith to be able to respond to God. And so this is what God is preparing for us. To he who believes, nothing is impossible. To him who believes, there is nothing impossible. To him who believes in God's statutes and commandments, to those who have obedience to God's commandments, God, cannot, God can do all things. not just simply turning to him for your own benefit, for your own selfish desires. God wants to give you all things, but like as a good parent, cannot always give you everything because he knows it's not good for you. And so, to those who have faith that God can give all things because whatever he gives they receive it in faith and so when they receive in faith they are not looking at the hand of he who gives but looking at his face and so there's nothing impossible to him and so many times we failed in unbelief like Israel we may think Oh, we cannot change this. Oh, there's nothing we can do. So all of these aspects, God is going to touch it now. Why? Because it's time for us to enter into glory. So that we would suffer no loss. Because God wants to show us who He is. And so in these end times, God is raising up His people who lives by His authority that can manifest Him.
And so let us close the account of the world and enter into faith. As Moses said to Israel, that you cannot take possession of the land with this unbelief. And so all of this unbelief, these things that we have judged by our eyes and our flesh, let us lay it down. So this faith, through that, God allows them to enter into the promised land. And so when God gives them two, they can receive ten. They can receive a hundred. And so now when we have this conference, that they are transformed. One moment, please. Okay, and so second, for the scale of faith, what does God command them? He commands them to remove the world. You shall not add to the word that I command you. Oh, no, no, verses three. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed the Baal of Peor. But you who are held fast to the Lord your God are all alive today. So this is describing Numbers 25. And in Revelations, what does it say? That the Israel that committed adultery according to the deception of Balaam. And so the reason why they committed idolatry is because of this worldly standard entering into them. So through this event, the devil uh, laid a trap for them, taking away their identity through the tool of what? Through the tool of the world. And because that world entered, they became spiritually dull. And so now the season is upon us to remove Babylon from within us. In other words, Babylon is trying to swallow us whole. Babylon is trying to take over us. And what happens is you become spiritually lazy. And so one conference said, or one conference, one young adult said to me this, that I was able to see the reality of the spiritual world more better. And I asked this young adult, could you specify And this person said that I could feel more the spiritual reality of, of, of how much I'm lost I'm suffering when I lose myself into the world. And so though this, is, this history is, is summarized into a single sentence, what happened here at Baal Peor? That uh, there is um, a massacre, right? Because, and so when the world enters into to, to Israel, the bigger tragedy isn't losing a thousand people, two thousand people. No, it's that they lose eternity. And so let us be vigilant. Let us be alert 
because Babylon is trying to enslave you. But let us be someone who only rejoices in God alone. And so some of the young adults, as they came back, many of them were getting lost in the world. Right? Men are trying to build up their muscles and women are dieting. And of course, it's good for them to keep their health. But it's not. But it's not about health. Like like uh, they they are doing it for their own um, worldly satisfaction. And just to let you know, I work at this. I, I go to the gym here. And uh, and there are many church members who go to that gym. So if you live in this world, you become powerless. If because you, you can never satisfy the standards of this world, the desires of this world. This world provides no benefit. As I said earlier, in this season, what God is doing to us, a new thing to us, is He is entering into us deeper. He is touching us, renewing us, and. So that we can see who we are better, He is approaching us, and so let us not be lazy. And God is showing us where we lack our faith. All of these blockages, He is, um, He is loosening it. And but if the world enters into us, not only do they commit adultery and morality. But even one commits adultery with with the Moabite woman, or uh, and so even though Israel is under sin or a judgment, this worldliness makes them unable to realize the situation. And so, what can we learn from this? Is that it is worldliness that that makes us powerless to God, and so especially through Panama and LA, we are seeing this more better, more clearly. So this Panama Canal provides riches for Panama, and yet it wasn't originally built by Panama, was it? It was built by America, for America. So when you go to Panama, Panama uses U.S. currency. And so think about it. Let's say you went to Japan and could use Korean won in Japan. That means that Japanese economy is tied to Korea, is is under the dominion of Korean economy. So, in other words, 
When you submit to Babylon, you become powerless in all things. As you see Panama not being able to even um, use their own currency, of course, which they have, but it be, it's no longer the standard. And so the rise and fall of a country that relies on Babylon will ultimately always be tied by Babylon. Makes you powerless, unable to do anything. Panama, they don't have an army. Means that they do not have the strength to protect themselves. And so whatever America does, they have to follow. In other words, they have been disarmed. How about us? Who are we? As it says in Colossians 2.12, or 12.2.15, that we have disarmed the enemy and we celebrate this triumph, and yet how can you be powerless? It's because you receive this worldliness without any filter. So the devil is not trying to steal your health. It's not trying to steal your money. The devil is trying to steal... The things that God has given you to be able to declare victory over you. But what is God's work? That even in that land, that land that has been completely submitted to the devil, God goes and proclaims his victory there. That is our God. Amen. And so in this season where we're being separated from Babylon, what is God trying to give you? That in faith, uh, you can do all things in faith. You can make all decisions in faith. And so how is this strength given to them? As we see in verse 4, that you who held fast to the Lord your God are all alive today. So it's not because of the strength of your arm, the intelligence of, uh, of, your, your, of, your, of your intellect, no, it's you reject the things of the world and held fast to God. And so how does the last, how do the people live in these last times? Is held fast. Like two pieces of gum stuck together. And so wherever we go, God lets us experience this. When I was at Panama in the hotel, for two weeks we were having this conference and God's presence was there. So we didn't even recognize if it was Panama or Korea. His presence covered over us. And so people were being healed, people were standing up. And so God poured out this great, great glory. So we didn't think of anything else. When I go to sleep, I hear the voice of God. The way, when I wake up, I hear the voice of God. When we're tired, God gives us new strength. And so what God was showing us is that when we're filled with this Holy Spirit, that we can live this way. That God continually pours out new strength. 
and lifts us up and we can experience those things. And that's why Pastor Kim encourages you to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit so that you can taste that and, and go forward. Excuse me. So what God is giving us through these ministries is that when we rely upon God, when we are in His presence, that all things are possible. It's not about my strength, it's not about my limitations, but that God's strength leads us. And it doesn't end here, because we tasted it, we have a more desire for it. We have a yearning to go closer to Him, to get closer to Him, to be more intimate with Him, that wherever I go, that presence would be with me, that He would live my life for me. You have this desire to maintain that strength. And so John 15, 5 says that I am the vine, you are the branch. And when the branch is attached to the vine, what happens? The branch lives. And so this word live here in, in, in John is the same word used in Habakkuk 2.4, that the righteous shall live by faith. And so, and so what is the secret to life? Is being attached to God. Focusing on Him. Drawing near to Him. In other words, being uh, spiritually diligent. That doesn't mean you got to invest more time to prayer. No, just continually acknowledge that He is inside of you. He is leading you. That I cannot live without Him. That I am nothing without Him. That when you continually receive Him, that wherever you go, in your work, in your office, in your church, in your home, that His Holy Spirit is leading me. So Pastor Kim says this very often, that in this relationship with this kind of God, that at the very least, in every day, God should speak to you at least once. And so you are not just living by a daily schedule, but in every day, if God is inside of you, and He is interested in every moment of your life, and you acknowledge that and receive that, then you will turn to Him, and when you turn to Him, of course He will do something in your life each and every day. At the very least, once. And as these points gather together, it becomes a line. So we continually focus on Him and yearn for Him. And we lay it all, all of our worldliness down, invite Him, and He works once and then twice, and then in a month it becomes 30 times, and then in a year it becomes 365 times, and then we become characterized by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This becomes the strength to reject the world. And to this person, they can see, ah, this is poison. 
and they have the spiritual strength to receive the things of God. And so let's bless the person next to us. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us acknowledge Him. Let us be spiritually diligent. This is the season that is opening upon us. And at the beginning of last month, and as we were going through the conference, God gave me this grace. That I had to do all kinds of different things. My, my outside circumstances changed dramatically. And yet when I focused upon God, God gave me a taste of being filled with His presence. And I was able, the grace of God allowed me to experience the severity of the battle between my flesh and spirit. And what rose up inside of me is that it's possible to have fellowship with God without any obstacle. And as I tasted that, I continually desired for more of that. To pray more, to spend more time with the Holy Spirit, and as that bec- as that becomes a trend, it becomes a lifestyle. Amen. And so, lastly, verses four to eight or five to eight is what is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven, God is granting to you. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. So in verse 5, what is he saying? That they are now entering into the season of Sabbath. Sabbath of faith. That in all things that they would see in faith, that they would take possession of it in faith. And so in verse 6, what he says is to those who enter into the Sabbath rest of faith, it describes who are the people that enter into the Sabbath rest of faith. And the greatest characteristic of them is wisdom and understanding. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the principle that reigns over all creation. Right? As it says in Proverbs that God reigns over the universe in wisdom. And what is understanding? It is experience of God. It is knowing God. And so last week, uh, with Pastor Kim and several other pastors, we went to various. We went to various places, and we went to uh, the new bicycle shop that Deacon Jung made, and he calls it a uh, bicycle hospital. Or no, or bicycle professor. And there, the word that he preached was Proverbs 8. And what is Proverbs 8? Proverbs 8 is the chapter of wisdom. And so whether that business is large or small, if it is the 
business of God, it must be moved and by the wisdom of God. And what is wisdom is hearing the word of God and living by that word. So when we hear the word of God, we cannot help but become wise. When we experience him, it will manifest in our lives. So when we're at Panama, Sunday we had to go to a local church. And we went to that local church. And it was an atmosphere that was impossible to preach. They were filled with unbelief and it was the first time that we saw them. And what did Pastor Kim do the moment he got up there? Is he did healing ministry. And as they saw people getting healed, people were opened up. And so everywhere we go, we're doing this wisdom, this wisdom ministry. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is God teaching us. How are we going to break through this unbelief? How are we going to break through these hearts that are close to us? God is showing us. And so we do as God speaks. So they do not just simply get healed, but their ears to, to, and, and their hearts are open to receive the word. So in the same way, God works through, to his people through wisdom and understanding. And what is this? the most important thing here is knowledge of God, experiencing God, knowing his will, knowing where he wants to go. And so you are able to choose what he wants. And when his wisdom and understanding comes to us, it's not just simply from the context of spiritual gifts, but we can see God's road. We can see God's pleasure. It's not because we see special visions. No, we just know through God's wisdom and understanding. And surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. And so in verse 7, what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him? So when we pray in faith, there is power in that prayer. And so Deuteronomy, it says, prayer is not lifting up what I want to God. but lifting up what He wants to give us. And so the moment we pray in faith, it is answered. As we saw in Mark 9, we're not praying for our needs, we're not praying for our desires, but we know that He who wants us to pray is God. And so when we pray, that moment is answered. And so we pray what God wants to give us. So as it says in Galatians, what does it emphasize? That we are righteous, that we are His heirs. And so that means that we already have the receipts. If we have the receipt, it means it's guaranteed. Now it may take time, it may come quick, it may come later. But we have the receipts. It means that God will give it to you. Because my request isn't a personal request. But it is in the light of God and in the light of his kingdom. And so God cannot ignore this official request. And so with this scale of God, 
for his dominion, for his kingdom and righteousness, God is near. And because he's near, he answers. That means all things are possible to him who believes. That God can give all things. Amen? And so it's the same thing with material authority. Have, we talk about one billion dollars, right? And let's say that God was to give us a billion dollars. What would you think? Maybe you might think, would you be able to use all of it? But what does pastor say often? Even if you were to give me a trillion dollars, I already have a plan of how to spend it. But I mean, like, think about it. Lots of, I'm pretty sure like a trillion dollars is not that much money in the, in the grand scheme of things. But he's not going to use it to buy planes. That's not what he's talking about when he says that he already knows how to spend it. No, it's that God has a plan already. And so in faith, he's able to send it forth as God desires. And so as we pray for this billion dollars, that Lord, in this season, what is God trying to build inside of us? That when he gives us this billion dollars, that we can see God's scale, we can see God's direction and where God is wanting us to go. And this value is, is, cannot be measured in money. And so when God has this will and we receive that prayer, the money is not what's going to amaze us. The answer of that prayer is what's going to amaze us. That Lord, you have given us this money and so we lift it back up to you. I'm not saying that we do not need money. The important thing is the scale of God acknowledging that scale, receiving that scale, and when we receive that, the answer is what brings us joy, not the money itself. And of course, this money is needed. We need it for this vision that God has given us for these end times. But that is not the source of our joy. The source of our joy is the, is the execution and the application of God's faith, that God can give us a billion dollars. And God is making this scale inside of us. And so what does, how does he describe this nation? A great nation. Not great because they are high in GDP. Not great because they have a lot of technology. No, they are great because they, can, they are not counted by the same standard as the rest of the world. They are on a different dimension. And so this is the church. So I, as I'm having this classes with the college students, as we were re reading a book, I asked them, do you think democracy is right or do you think socialism is right? Let's say someone was to talk about these political things. Are you People's Power Party or are you Democrat Party? And they looked at me with confusion. Now, now some of them maybe were just not interested. And so I asked them, how would you answer? And they couldn't answer. So I, 
I don't know party, people's power party or democratic party. No, the kingdom of heaven is not limited by these things. The kingdom of heaven is not about left or right. Right? It transcends all of these things. So the greatness of the kingdom of heaven transcends the politics of this world. Because he transcends this world, the church is a great nation. It's not because of their numbers. It's not because of the power that they can, that they can execute. No, the kingdom of heaven is because his word moves and his will is applied. So through the conference, what did we see? What did God show us? That wherever we go, God's kingdom moves. That his dominion moves, his reign moves. So in Panama and in LA, what I felt is that while we came to very difficult places, especially in Panama, as we're going back to the airport, we saw this jungle. And that means that many people, many people may have died in this land, right? And that many people suffered because of this, the, this, this unjust death. And yet, as God's kingdom started to come over that place, that we saw the perfect reign of God taking place. So when God speaks healing, when God speaks restoration, that even, even the workers of the hotel received and then in and in LA though we were at small churches there was never once where we felt there was a limitation the same word of God came forth the same miracles happened the same signs and wonders happened though it seemed like there was darkness all over this light shined in the middle And is it because of this ministry that that happened? No, it's because of who we are. Because we received the word of God in faith and we obeyed his word. We kept his, obeyed, uh, we kept his word. His, his presence follows us. That glorious presence follows us. So what is great nation? It's not about lots of money, not power, but it's a nation that transcends this world. Right? As we sang the song, that this land that we dream of. What is this land? It's a land that cannot be compared with anything, that nothing in this world can be compared to. So where God's peace and and so when you're filled with his spirit, then his kingdom covers over us. Amen. This is the gift that God is giving you as we enter into this Sabbath rest of faith. The church is the kingdom of heaven means that God's reign, his dominion is over us. All right, sovereignty is given by the people. 
And in the same way, the sovereignty of God is determined by His people. So God's reign is here, His Lordship is here, and so we are the kingdom of heaven. So let's bless one another, that you are the kingdom of heaven. And so, in closing, verses 1 through 2, what is God giving us in this new season? He is giving us the faith that believes in His promise. That it's not by what we see, by what my judge, what I discern, no, but the Word of God. So even though my eyes cannot see, that I have the faith to believe. And so though we may have had failures in the past, God is restoring that hurt. So everything that faith that we were unable to solve in faith is all being restored, being repented of. Restoring faith. And second thing, as God is in characterizing us by the fullness of the Holy Spirit, that wherever we go, we feel Him. That wherever we go, we will not be powerless. That wherever we go, we can follow Him. And where is that found? It's found by Him being inside of us. So when we focus on Him, when we do not limit Him, when we are diligent to Him, every day acknowledging Him, that wherever we go, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the result of that is that we that the world that we have been struggling so hard to be separate from will be separated so easily why because we are so we enjoy uh, being with him and that is what's most precious to us and lastly through this what does god give us he gives us wisdom and understanding to those who obey the word of god those who follow according to the principle of faith they receive wisdom and understanding what is wisdom and understanding wisdom and understanding transcends this world being separated from this world being able to be separated from from all the standards of this world the dominion of this world and being able to transcend everything in this world, transcend, right? Being, as I said, if you play against the AI, you can just flip the chessboard upside down. This, this unexpected transcendence. And so God is pouring that out to everyone. The kingdom of heaven is going to be with you. As Mahanaim, God of Mahanaim was with Jacob, God is going to be with you. And so let us pray all together. And so in faith, let us seek all these things. Lord, we thank you. For the past three weeks, you have shown us great war things. And so Lord, we thank you. And we confess all of these things in faith. And lift it all the glory back to you. And so Lord, this new season of Joshua that enters into Canaan, may this community enter into the Sabbath rest of faith. It's not because of our own ability, but because you have prepared us for this time. So now, Lord, may nothing limit our faith. And as Israel entered into Canaan, after these 40 years of wilderness, like Israel, may we cut down all the hooks of unbelief. And in this new season, in this season of Sabbath rest, may we 
characterize, embody the faith that you have given us. And as Joshua won 100 battles out of 100 fights, that when we pray with you, that Lord, your spoils of war would flow throughout the community. So may all impossibilities be possible. May all of our bindings be completely cut down and be renewed. And so now, Lord, instead of despairing because of the things that we have seen with our eyes, it is now time to apply faith. And so, Lord, may we look through the eyes of your faith that the kingdom of heaven would move in every aspect of our life. May we proclaim all of these things in faith and be characterized by the fullness of the Holy Spirit that we'd be completely separated from Babylon, that we would rise new, we would rise anew in this new season. May the anointing of this new season come upon us. May this anointing lift us up to new glory. May your authority and power be restored to us. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. Up until now, you have held on to us, Lord, and you have done so much for us. But now, Lord, your, desire, your will is finally being done. And so, Lord, may your truly amazing glory be poured out upon us, be poured out upon this conference, and in these end times through Yerbang Church, may you raise up your remnant and build up this holy church that can welcome your glorious kingdom. May we, may we be a blessed church that all enter into the Sabbath rest of faith, that we would not be deceived even an inkling by Babylon. All of our unbelief be completely removed, that we would live by the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we lift up today's offering. May it be a pleasing aroma to you. And Lord, as your pleasure allows, may you pour out your blessing upon us and for this building project and for the riches of the end times, pour out and may your businesses, may your inheritance rise up in these end times that they may send forth your riches to all the remnant all over the world. May that glory and life and riches flow like a river through them. Bless them and bless them. And now, by the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father, through the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit, now, to the saints who yearn for this great, great glory in this conference, upon their families, upon their business, upon their inheritance, upon their studies, upon Zoe ministry, upon the missions all over the missionaries all over the world, and upon Yobang Church, may this blessing rest now and forevermore.